Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I'm excited about the guest I have on today. You all will not believe this young lady's story. Please share this out. I ask right now, share this out. This is going to be a good interview. You you just hang tight. I want to welcome my new friend, Dana Lisa Gang to the show. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on. I'm excited that you're here. Very excited. So, so Dana, I, I created this show um, a couple of years ago now. In fact, it's almost exactly two years ago. Um, and I created this to help people have a breakthrough in life because I believe that people get stuck in life and they don't know what to do to get unstuck. And, and so I think that by hearing other people's stories, um, it's, it's very empowering. So why don't we start with you telling everybody where you were born and raised? I was born and raised in the greater Portland, Oregon area. And it was in a little tiny town called Three Links. And it was 21 miles outside of Estacada, which is also a town of like 2,500 people. So All right. So, so, and by the way, Portland is known as the city of roses. Yes. I've been there. It's a gorgeous area of the United States. In fact, it might be the most beautiful area of the world up, up in the Pacific Northwest there. It's gorgeous. So, so what was it like for you growing up out there as a kid? And I mean, you, you had a normal childhood, I, I assume. Well, I mean, I think I had a normal childhood with, you know, a couple sets of parents. And I grew up in the era of divorced parents. So I had family on the west side of Portland and family on the east side of Portland. And okay. I grew up very safe. We didn't have to lock our doors. It was a very communal upbringing. In Three Links, there was 21 houses and a school. And even at my dad's house in Hillsboro, Oregon, you know, they never really locked their doors, left keys in the car. I grew up in yeah. a really safe era. Yeah, I can relate to that. That's that's kind of the way I grew up. So, so you ended up, you went to high school out there. Did you end up going to college? I actually went to high school in Washington State. In another oh. town out of um, Rush Prairie, Washington. How did that end up happening? We had another divorce happen. So I had oh. three sets of parents by the time I was, t you know, 12 years old. And oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's all, yeah. my normal upbringing it yeah. allowed me to adapt from new situations really easily. Yeah going through divorces young it's you got it's you got you made out at christmas and on your birthdays i'll bet <laughs> get what you want for christmas and your birthdays yeah <laughs> right i just kind of felt like i was holding all the aces with that many parents right like, right you just go to the other one's house <laughs> right right i love that so so di did you graduate then from high school up there i did i graduated from uh prairie high school in brush prairie washington and okay. I actually went to college. I didn't graduate from college until last year. 
But I did graduate wow. from Lodi. You you uh, took the long college route then, huh? <laughs> you know, you don't want to rush these things. Right, right. <laughs> so so you but you got out of high school and immediately started college. No, I got out of high school and I went into the military. I went into the Navy. Oh, wow. I was in the Navy when I was 18 and okay. loved it. However, really? Six months into my tour in the military, got caught a little short. Yeah, and I, I want to get to that here in just a second. Actually, um, I've I've heard that story, and I, I really hope people are listening and paying attention because this is where it gets um, gets crazy. Did you go to the Great Lakes Academy for boot camp? No, I actually went to Orlando RTC, and oh, okay. in Orlando, Florida, there was sure. Um, that's where they sent women at the time. And I got gotcha. you. So they, we had co-ed boot camp. We didn't have co-ed dorms, of course, but or barracks. Sure. My uh, my brother spent ten years in the Navy, and my nephew just recently graduated from Great Lakes. He's he's oh, in the Navy. Congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah. My and thank you, by the way, for your service. Thank you. My nephew's a Marine, and my niece is in the Air Force. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so you, you, um, let's, let's start getting into, um, your Navy naval career. Um, you said it was, it was cut short about six months in. Why don't you, um, kind of explain some of that if you don't mind? Yeah, not at all. Um, I had a great time actually in boot camp, which is, I guess, odd. I, uh, <laughs> Our company comedian, and I was on top of the world, and I got to do some stand-up comedy in front of like a hundred people. So that was fun. And wow! I'm on top of the world, graduating from boot camp, invincible. I mean, like there is nothing greater than the pride of standing before your flag in your United States uniform. It just like it just burns. That pride is so strong in your soul. Yeah, And I went out into the fleet. I was aboard the USS McKee. It's a submarine tender. It's a boat that takes care of the submarines, not to be confused with being a submarine. And I was an engineman, which is a diesel mechanic. Wow. And two months into that, three days before I was supposed to go to my A school in Great Lakes, um, I went to mail a letter October 25th of 1990 to my boyfriend back home and the mail in the service is really slow. So I walked off base, which was about a mile or so away. And as I was walking back on base, I uh, decided to take a ride from a young man who pulled off to the side of the road and asked, offered me a ride. And I was like, meh, it's another sailor. He's 18. I happened to be 19 at that time, and I thought I was safe. Mm. I got on base, and he was like, do you want to go to the bar? I'm like, not really. I didn't feel like drinking that night, which was also yeah. odd. <laughs> he was like, I noticed that um, there was an empty pint of Jack Daniels on the floor of the truck. Mm. He's like, oh, yeah, I just drank all that. And I'm like, 
well, he drives fine. You know, I was young and stupid. Sure. And I didn't really want to go back to my ship either. So he suggested we go for a drive and we went to Mission Beach and we, I was in San Diego. Went to Mission Beach and he had a bum homeless person. I shouldn't say bum, huh? Had a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, hey, they've been called hobos, bums, homeless, whatever. So politically correct to call them bums. So <laughs> yeah, I'm in Ohio. We call them bums. I'm just kidding. So go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he, had, he had his homeless guy buy him another pint, and and he's like, "Well, we got to go somewhere where I can drink this and not get caught." I mean, we're both underage, and I yeah. was like. I had this bright idea of going to Sunset Cliffs. And I'm like, I'd heard it's beautiful, but it's called Sunset, not yeah. after dark. Right. So after what I was going to see, yeah. I just heard it was pretty. Yeah. So on the way up to the cliffs, he was talking about how he dealt drugs and was doing drugs. And I'm like, huh. You get this inner ding and, you know, when you're young, you don't listen to it, of course. And I'm right. like, well, I'm bench pressing 155 pounds. He doesn't look too bad. You know, I grew up as a tomboy. I grew up fighting with boys, fist fights. And so it didn't <laughs> dawn on me that this 18-year-old kid could overpower me with a blink in an eye. Yeah. So we go up there and I'm like, Meh. all right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I start to think maybe this isn't such a good idea, but I decide to act tough. Yeah. And we got up to a point where he parks, we get out and there was a, a hill and he went on one side and I went on the other because we both had to go to the bathroom. Mm. And of course, boys pee faster than girls. So the next thing I know, he's standing in front of me and he said, have you ever had anybody watch you pee before? And at that point I oh. pulled up my pants and I knew I was in trouble. I wasn't really sure how to get out of it. So wow. I shoulder check him on the way by, like I'm tough. I got you. That was probably one of the worst moves I could have done. I think that just egg him on. Yeah. And so we sat down for a bit and, I, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and act tough again. So I reach for the bottle and he pulls it away. And I was like, fine. So I stood up and there was a trail that went down and I walked through there and I ended up being attacked from behind. And long story short, I was raped, choked out and to the best of my knowledge, he choked me till I passed out. Oh. Threw me off a 75-foot cliff straight down to cover up his tracks. And it worked. I ended up uh, breaking my neck, C1, which is the top bone in your neck, through C5, and a traumatic brain injury. I woke up in the hospital not knowing where I was, what happened. I was on a respirator. I was paralyzed from the neck down. You know, they didn't expect me to live through the night. 
when the Navy figured out where I was because it was civilian police apparently that were doing a routine check. This is what I was told. They did a routine check and he was found running away from the scene of the crime. And he just, he said, she fell, she fell, she fell. And uh, wow. So, yeah. He told the Navy six different stories. He told the police a different story than what he told the Navy. And when the Navy got to me a month later, because I, it took me a month to be able to breathe on my own and get into the regular ward. They didn't oh. expect me to live. And, I, and then all my parents were there. I had five out of six parents in the hospital. Oh, <laughs> that's confusing to nurses and doctors. They're like, what, wait, what, what? <laughs> right. Everybody's agreeing, yep, we're all her parents. So they're wow. coming into the room and all these odd combinations. And I'm like, not able to even turn my head. I'm looking at everybody like, this is really strange. Wow. Wow. That was fine. And of course I lived. And when I decided that I couldn't commit suicide on a respirator, I decided that, well, I'm getting off this thing. If I'm going to be paralyzed the rest of my life. It is not going to be on a respirator. And so I fought really hard to get off of that. Made it. Prove the doctors wrong. Let, let me ask you a question, if if I may. Um, how how long were you down at the bottom of this cliff? That like, do you know how long? I don't know. Wow. I know my body. I was in a coma and uh, I was hypothermic and flighted to University of California San Diego Hospital. Wow. Wow. So, so when you say that you, well, obviously you're, you're having thoughts of ending it just like this is. Yeah. And, and, and you I was paralyzed from here down. Yeah. So there was nothing. There was nothing. I couldn't even breathe. Yeah. I could feel my face. My gosh. So, yeah. so you, you said I fought really hard to get off of that respirator. And that's, that's an interesting choice of words because every single part of your body is paralyzed except for your face and your head. And, and yet you chose to say I fought. Um, right. You never <clears throat> and, to teach yourself how to breathe and no one was teaching me how they, I had bit down on the respirator so often that they decided to give me a chance. And I met a respiratory therapist in San Diego many years later. He said, there's really no science. They just go, Meh, let's see what she can do. And wow. they did that because I was biting on it so often. I'm like, I want to breathe on my own. I want a chance to breathe. And you have to be able to breathe for four <laughs> hours on your own and they wean you off slowly. And the respiratory therapist, for some reason, I was always sleeping and she turned my air off and shocked me into waking up. I Maybe it was a technique, I don't know. Wow. However, so I would, I would thought in my head on each breath, I'd be like, nice and slow. And on the out breath, that is the tempo. Nice and slow, that is the tempo. I'm just, thinking this in my mind over and over wow. and over again, retraining myself how to breathe. And it took, I think it 
took like two, three weeks. My gosh. Wow. And then eventually they decided to, now the respirator is like, it's all the way down. All the way down. And at what point did they go, well, it looks like she can breathe on her own. Let's pull it out. How did they know that? The four hour mark without any air. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I had the tubes in my nose and I had tubes in my arms, my nose, like everywhere. They didn't even sew me up all the way when they went in and I did surgery on my internal organs. They left me open in a couple of spots and just were packing it full of gauze. Oh, my God. I mean, they really just didn't expect me to survive. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, it sounds like um, God and you had another plan. (laughs) Always another plan, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. I just want to give you a hug. Um, So... So here, here you so you learn how to to breathe on your own, and um, what what happens from there? Because you're well, you, look, you're a badass. Like you're a badass. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> like you're a badass. So, um, but let's let's talk about what happened after you learn how to breathe. What what came next? I went. There's like a, a ward in between. There's like a purgatory between ICU and the regular ward and uh-huh. I came into there and they've just got oxygen in my nose and and um I I kind of I had a problem with pneumonia so I kind of went back and forth for a bit between ICU and there and finally I'm out in the regular ward and the navy advisor comes in and she says we know it's foul play but you have two choices you can take your right to remain silent in the court of law. You will be a hundred percent service connected through the veterans administration. They laid out, she laid out my benefits or you can take this to court. You will lose. You will get nothing. It's your, what? it's your word against his. And so I'm like, I'm in a halo. I've got bolts in my head. I can't move from here down. And I'm just like, I look over at my dad and he does one of these like zip your lip because they were like, your parents are going to be responsible for all of your hospital bills. And I was like, oh. I'm like, I really didn't have a choice, but they give you the option. And I, it was the, the best choice I ever made was to take my right to remain silent in the court of law. And I didn't realize that it was, only in the court of law until 21 years post-injury. And that's when I was really started coming out loud about it because people need to know. People need to know that they have a voice, that they can come forward and they can talk about it. And that's why we're here today. That, you know, I I just felt all kinds of um, emotions boil up inside, like, yeah. So um, I, I'm sure you've felt every single one of them a million times. So, so, so you, um, so the guy, the guy got away with it? Yes. Oh my God. He went, he finished his tour and he actually went on to a life of crime 
domestic violence, drug abuse, drug trafficking. He went to jail and he also in the late, early 2000s, kidnapped a woman in Idaho and held her hostage for six days. And until um, 2012, I was 21 years post-injury and I had met Dr. Wayne Dyer on a cruise just to thank him for a lot of the things that he had helped me through. I'd attempted suicide along the way and came back out of that and persevered. I've done a lot of work with stem cells and wow. was and I had heard Wayne was dying and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to thank him before he dies. And he led me to see John of God in Abajania, Brazil. And I wow. Had a, a spiritual healing. And with that, I found the ability to forgive myself and the, my attacker. And what that means to me is freeing myself from anger. I was draining yeah. my power into him. And by cutting that cord and forgiving, I took my personal power back. It doesn't, uh. it doesn't give that any validity at all, what he did. It just sure. gives my personal power back. And you stop getting angry. You drop a huge weight off your shoulder. Right. So you, you, uh, first I want to say, um, Wayne Dyer is my all time favorite. Like he, he changed my life many, many years ago and continues to. So I, I, Wayne Dyer is, is my favorite author and spiritual teacher. And he's an amazing human being. Amazing. So yeah. Very, 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 very fortunate to have met him. Yes. One of the most incredible mentors I've ever had and teachers. He's like, he's, he made such a huge difference in my life and how yeah. I went about being in a wheelchair. I had gained my, it took me three years to become independent in my wheelchair. After I was breathing on my own and after I took my right to remain silent, I was able to focus on my rehab and and it was actually a gift to be able to be quiet about it because I didn't, I could just, I could just say, I don't know what happened and focus on getting better. And right. Right. So, and that's what I did. And, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, um, you're, you're swinging your arms all around. You're, yeah. you're, uh, you, you seem a bit more mobile than being paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. Well, quadriplegia means you have been, your body's been affected by paralysis from yeah. your level you've broken your neck at. And there's right. actually, there's seven cervical bones and eight levels of quadriplegia. And there's, Complete versus incomplete. I happen to be incomplete, which means I have sensation and or function below my level of injury. So my normal sensation and normal function stops right here. That's where the normal sensation and function stops. 
right. after being incomplete, I have recovered other function in my legs, in my arms. And for the first three years, I was typical C5 injury. And I had a little bit of sensation in my legs where I could feel pressure. That was right. really and I had this in this finger. And, wow. and I read Dr. Wayne Dyer's Manifest Your Destiny at yeah. about, I don't know, I think I was in I was in my early twenties. And I was like, hey, this guy says I can manifest what I want in life. And I decided I was gonna manifest walking. And I started doing the awe meditation and just rehearsing. Yeah. My head while I was working on a hand cycle, I am walking, I am walking, I am walking, I am walking. And just keeping that vision and keeping it going. And I started to be able to stand up and weight bear. I was using leg braces the first few years. And then later on, I started noticing I was getting a little more dexterity in my hand. I manifested myself into different situations of doctors that were helping propel me forward. I don't know what I did in Mexico, to be perfectly honest. They used this thing called Enderline Remedies and uh -huh. something else, which I have no idea what it was. A lot of acupuncture points. And the doctor that I was working with was like, okay, I've done as much as I can. And at this point, I'm nine years post-injury. Jeez. And it took me three years to get my independence in my wheelchair. Now, this is, you said Mexico, so you ended up in Mexico? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I missed something there. How'd you end up in Mexico? Well, I, I was on an airplane after I got divorced. I was on an airplane to go have fun for Christmas in Vegas. And I met an, a doctor that closed his practice. He said, you gotta go see Dr. Eagleson. So I did. Wow. In Mexico. In New Mexico. Wow. And, and is that where the stem cell stuff took place? Yeah, I'm not really sure what they did it to me in Mexico. The stem okay. stuff came a little later in okay. the Republic, China and India. And again, wow. I've been, I'm a, I'm a stem cell tourist. <laughs> wow. So you've been all over the world, like yeah. getting treatment. Wow. That's incredible. So, so you, um, I, now I've seen video of you walking, standing up and walking. Yeah. That's Some pretty unbelievable. I, well, you know, when you're manifesting things, it's not just that you manifest the actual ability, but I manifested different treatments that allowed the ability to give my body healing properties. And I kept doing the work and doing the physical work and doing the emotional work, doing the meditations and yeah. seeing this and believing in it wholeheartedly. I still believe that I'm going to leave a wheelchair. I'm 29 and a half years post injury and January 8th of this year, I've been doing Dr. Joe Dispenza's work lately. Oh, love January Joe. Here I got function in that thumb. 
Wow. Do that. And that's like wow. amazing. I had no function in that thumb for 29 and a half years. So I'm, wow. I'm healing. It's still possible. And I know I'm going to leave this wheelchair. I just know it. That is so awesome. I, I'm, <clears throat> I know it too. I know it too. That's incredible. And I, you know, I've, I, 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 I always, um, I talk about meditation a lot because, you know, I, I, 17, 17 and a half years ago, I, I got sober and, um, and, and I, you know, about a year later is when I, um, was introduced to Dr. Wayne Dyer and not, I didn't, I didn't meet him like you did. I didn't, I, I, I never had that, um, I, I never had that happen, but the, you know, I started meditating and I've meditated every single morning of my life since then. And I will not miss a day. I will not miss a day. And, and people don't understand the power that we have, that all we need to do is connect to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And my wife just said, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is amazing. Becoming Supernatural is a great book. It's unbelievable. It really is. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. That's the book that turned me on to Joe Dispenza's work for sure. Yeah. Yes. So, so you've, um, you've been healing. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Um, what are some of the other things that you've been um, accomplishing along the way? Because you've done some amazing things. Yeah. I don't like to sit still. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. I always had a dream, you know, when I was a kid to drive an 18-wheeler. And yeah. in my early 20s, thanks to my ex-husband, like there was some amazing amazing gifts that came out of that marriage. It just didn't work. Yeah. Well, hi, Rick Denley. <laughs> uh, Rick's awesome. <laughs> um, I became the first quadriplegic in the nation to get a class A commercial driver's license. Wow. Fun. And um, I've, got, I've been scuba diving in Australia, skydiving in Australia, I, um, I, I play a lot of different sports. I've rafted through the Grand Canyon twice. What wow. a blessing that was. So beautiful. If you ever get the chance to go rafting through the Grand Canyon, do it. Wow. Mind. We love the Grand Canyon. Been there many times. So, so get back up to the, the 18 wheeler thing. I mean, they're not, are they, they're not automatic, are they? Oh, I did. I had an automatic transmission. So the VA wow. requires that you have an automatic transmission and you drive with hand controls and they would adapt wow. the vehicle. They never said how big the vehicle could be. So I was like, yeah, let's do a Freightliner. So I had wow. an automatic with push button and it had a, Rycon lift put into it so it would lift my wheelchair and me up into it and I was able to transfer into the middle we had a, a transfer seat there yeah. and I could go either to 
passenger seat or the driver's seat. I almost got divorced learning how to back the thing up. <laughs> to my ex-husband. Yeah. He's actually wow. me into alternative modalities of healing. So like we fall in love with people and we marry them and marriages I believe everything happens for a reason. Marriage, sure. divorce, even this injury, like it's it's been the worst thing that ever happened to me, but also the best thing that ever happened to me. Like I've been able to I joined the Navy to see the world. And yeah. I are taught you how to manifest. I just failed to manifest properly when I joined the Navy to see the world. I right. that's able bodied. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But I have seen the world. I've been to six out of seven continents. You know, here, here you are. You're sitting in a wheelchair right now, right? Yes. Like, okay. So I, I wanna I wanna point something out. So you here you are sitting sitting in a wheelchair on my show talking about manifesting and 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 everything that's happened to you has been a blessing and there are people across this globe that stub their toe in the morning and let it ruin their whole life <laughs> Like, like, and you're not a victim. I love that. I love that about you. You are not a victim. And there are a lot of people who have been through similar things, right? Or, or maybe not even nearly as bad. And they stay stuck in that victim mindset and mentality for life. Um, forgiveness has been the, the key to stepping out of victimhood and also learning a lot about Dr. Joe Dispenza's work too, has helped reset my, um, mindset around life in general, really. Sure. But so I, I see it and view the whole situation. Um, it happened October 25th. Why would I still live back there? Right. In 1990, we're 29 years later. And yeah. if I stay in victimhood, then I can't heal. Right. And you have did to, Wayne, it's a choice. Did, did Wayne, is Wayne the one that told you that you had to forgive? Wayne didn't say I had to forgive. However, he did tell the story. <clears throat> Excuse me. So to back that up, I was having problems with post-traumatic stress in 2011. And I'm like, and that's when I, I pulled up a um, seminar, I guess, from Ambition to Meaning that he did. And he was yeah. talking about having chronic, chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And that's when I'm like, oh, look him up. He's on a cruise in Australia. I manifested myself to a personal dinner with him in wow. three days. I'm really good at this. He taught me well. And he's talking about how he forgave his father. And he was at the gravesite and how he went to Brazil and he had this healing and that he was healed from cancer. And I'm like, oh, I've got to go 
and he's like, you need to go. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. Why not? He hasn't steered me wrong yet. So I went, I got, I found the forgiveness and I had spiritual surgeries, whatever they did there, whatever kind of magic they do. No one ever touched me, but this calm and this peace came over me and I'm like, I need to forgive. Oddly enough, when I got home and I Googled the kid that put me in the chair, yeah, he found his obituary. He died. What? Yeah, he died the day before I went to see Tiana God. So I think. Um. The the your the the guy that did that. Oh my God. Yeah, the day before I went to see John of God. So I think, wow. I mean, like how the universe works. And I believe that all of our souls are, we, we go through life more than once. I believe in reincarnation. And I believe now that I'm at a point with the forgiveness that I don't really think this is even necessary because his soul and my soul I believe made a contract before we even entered into this world, into our human essence. And yeah, it sounds woo woo. It sounds crazy. However, I just, these, these are my beliefs. Right. And I believe in God. And I believe that he made this, he and I made this deal and he agreed to be this horrible human being in order to put me in a position to help others heal their hearts. In order wow. to help others forgive and move forward in their life and get out of victimhood, find their voice. And it's important that if it's hap- if, if you've been sexually assaulted, if you've been abused, it's important in your healing process to use your voice and tell someone you trust that it happened. Let yeah. your younger let younger generations know that being sexually assaulted is not okay. Child molestation. I was also molested by an uncle when I was 14. Wow. A lot of times people in the family, it's happened to them too, so they don't really know how to teach you. Right. Know how to teach you that proper boundaries. They don't know how to teach you how to love yourself. And so the cycle keeps going until right. someone in the family changes that cycle. Right, right. That's me right now. And it wow. You, it's someone in your audience right now. Use your voice. Yep. Talk about it. Educate about it. It's not okay. And you can move forward and live a happy life. Wow. And be free. Yeah. I say forgiveness is freedom. Amen. I totally agree with that. I, I, as a matter of fact, I teach that. It's 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 the most important thing. And and you know, it's not it's not necessarily us forgiving someone else or someone else forgiving us. It's more about us forgiving us is the most important element of forgiveness and people miss that i believe yeah. it's forgiving well, ourselves 
I don't care who you are. If you've been assaulted, you're taught that it's your fault. Yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. So, so, um, wow, this, this is powerful. So you, you, um, at some point you wrote a book. Yay. Yeah. Show, show your book. Let's show everybody. So this is falling up my wild ride from victim to kick-ass victory. And Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote the forward. Wow. Forward three weeks before he died. You can get oh. it on Amazon or Hay House. I am a Hay House author. Wow. And. You, wait, hold it. Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote the forward three weeks before he, he, wow. And so I, that was the last, that had to have been the last forward he wrote. Yeah. I just got chills. Yeah. He's still guiding me. Because I went down oh. a rabbit hole again after he died. I lost my service dog two weeks before he passed away. It was a double whammy for me. And for about four years or so, I went down a dark rabbit hole. And I he gave me his hat at the, the second cruise I went on. Do you I, have it with you? I can grab it. Do you want it? Is it close by? I don't want you to have to go out of your way. Pardon me? It's not too far. I'll be right back. Okay. Wow. That is amazing. Well, I didn't know you were going to have to go clear over there. <laughs> Wayne Dyer gave her his hat and she's going to get the hat to show us. I've actually seen it on another video that Dana was in and it's pretty unbelievable. My pride and joy right here. Oh my gosh. I recognize the hat. We were on the cruise. It was a Mediterranean cruise. And I had my John of God triangle. And, and being cocky at this point, I, I, I walked, thank you, down to the stage after lots of stem cells in China and Mexico and a lot of work. So I was able to walk down the stage and he was excited and he was wearing this hat. And I'm like, so, and you know how he, he's big on releasing attachment? Yeah. I said, how attached to that hat are you? Like, <laughs> God damn attached thing. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm pretty goddamn attached to this triangle. <laughs> and he was like, you went. And I said, uh, I'll give this triangle for that hat. And he's like, well, how can I refuse? So that's how he ended up getting the hat. And wow. Give me the triangle back, but I wasn't about to let go of the hat. Wow. So I made so, it. Now, wait, this, so this is your second meeting with him then. What? What, you guys like hang out together? Well, like that, that's crazy. I kept running into him uh, and by not going on the organized tours, I kept running into him on that, that cruise, like even at the top of the Parthenon, that was cool. Like talk about synchro destiny and things happening at the right moment at the right time. The elevator didn't work. So they weren't gonna actually even allow me to go up there 
But a friend of mine went, his name was Dominic, and he helped me get up the uh, steps and random amazing people. There's so many angels without names. Human beings are incredible. Like we see, I just want to give a shout out to humanity. We see all the negativity in the world. I've been all around the world. And all I've ever seen is nothing but amazing, good parts. Just to give you all a little confidence in your fellow human being. Yeah, there's some bad eggs, but there's more good than bad. Keep faith. Anyway, so I I got to walk up the marble steps to the Parthenon. Who is there? Wayne Dyer. No way. That was (laughs) awesome. So I got a picture of him, of us up there. Oh my God. And I just kept going to events after that. And I got, I went to one of the events in Denver, which is about four and a half hours east of where I live. And he had me walk up to the stage and I, I made a deal with him. I'm like, I'll give you this hat when I can walk unassisted. I did take a couple of unassisted walks. No walker, no braces. And I was able to step. And so, I mean, like, it's just happening. It's already happened. It's in the quantum field. I'm walking around somewhere in the quantum field. I love this. Love this. And he had me walk up the stage. And it was at that point that he ended up giving me a book deal. Because I'd forgiven. And he wanted the world to know. He wanted the world to know it's possible to heal. He wanted the world to know what is possible in life. Oh. And even though I lost faith, I know that when I put this hat on after he passed away and I was in college last year finishing up my degree, because my dad was like, I'd really like to see you graduate before I die. I'm like, oh, I guess I'd rather get busy. Wow. <laughs> I was busy healing. I didn't have time for college. Right, right. And and when I put it on... I, all of a sudden, my screen starts flashing Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins on my Facebook, Tony Robbins on my Instagram. I've never mentioned Tony Robbins' name in my house ever. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> being cocky as I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was like, I'm going to meet Tony, and I'm going to be on stage with Tony. Well, I did meet Tony. Oh, my God. When? I met Tony Rodriguez. I met oh. the guy I was supposed to meet. And <laughs> with Tony Rodriguez, he has Tony Talks on Get Up and Grow on his Facebook page. And through Tony Rodriguez and that Get Up and Grow talk, I met Michelle Marie Soros, who is on Extra. And I went to Rhythmia Life Center and did Ayahuasca Journeys. Wow. Manifesting, manifesting, manifesting. And then I'm... I met Eric Swanson, Mr. Awesome, at and he does Habitude Warrior Conferences and HabitudeWarriorConference.com. Check it out. And that's and that's how we met. And that's how we met. And uh, I was on stage with Tony Rodriguez. Wow. At, before I went to the Tony Robbins event, I said, I'm gonna meet Tony. I'm gonna be on stage with Tony. I didn't say Robbins. Uh, I met Tony I needed to meet because everything in my life in this past year, I can connect back to the, the 
Tony Rodriguez, and he has been uh, my coach. He has become my friend. And now we are colleagues in Speaking on Stages together. Thank you, Eric Swanson and Habitude Warrior Conference. And yeah. it's just like, think for destiny. And Eric, Eric. Guidance. That's amazing. What and an amazing story. Anyone can ask for guidance. When after, and he said this before he died. He said, after I die, I'm just crossing over to the other side in the quantum field. Ask me for help and I will come. And so that's what I did. And this is what's happening now. I didn't know wow. what to do with this book after he passed. Wow. Show the book again. Show the book again. Wayne Wayne has cleared up your um, internet speed, so it's coming through much clearer now. See? Falling, falling up. Love that. Wow. So, Dana, where can um, – I, I, I was going to say what's next, but I already know you're going to start walking here soon. Um, what? Where can everybody follow you? Where's the best place? Are, are you active on social media? I am easiest to follow on Facebook. I have Instagram. Uh, I have a Twitter account and a LinkedIn. I'm mostly on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I have uh, my own website, DanaLisiGang.com. Okay. And um, if you want to join a free masterclass, April 11th, you can go sign up for that on my website, danielisegang.com, um, and sign up. And you know, me and Tony Rodriguez. And have you met Tony Robbins yet? No. Not yet, huh? It'll happen. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. And I have, is that correct right there? Yes, it is. DanaLisaGang.com. Dana, you are an amazing human doing. You. Not a human being. You're a human doing. You're you're doing it. You're speaking. You're doing all kinds of stuff. Robert Brooker just put the um, the link for your book up there. I will go back and put the link in as well. And I also. I have an Amazon influencer store that Amazon gave me. I will add your book to my store. Thank you so much. Yeah. I can't wait to get a copy of it. So Dana, you're amazing. I love you. I think you're amazing. Oh, I love you. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so, so grateful. You're, you're amazing. You're amazing. Eric Swanson, Mr. Awesome, a shout out for. Yes. Absolutely. I love Eric. He's such a good person. Such a good dude. Love that guy. I'm so grateful that he connected us. Me too. It was, it was meant to be. And I cannot wait to meet you in person. Yes. In real life is always so good. I, I know. Everybody's afraid of the boogeyman right now. And the boogeyman's not even real. We won't even talk about all that. <laughs> We don't talk about the beer virus. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, you're amazing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being on here. And you for I, I, 
I'm going to just send you love and prayers and continued healing energy. And I know you're going to get up and walk. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work dipping into the quantum field now, I'm like, yeah. it takes, it takes Wayne Dyer's work and to that next level. Absolutely. I know Wayne led me to Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Also a connection from Tony Rodriguez, Michelle Marie Soros. I met Phoenix Devereaux, who designed my website, by the way. So, wow, she the one that like, and I was kind of anti Joe Dispenza because I'm like, who feels a spinal cord injury in three months? Give me a yeah. So I had my own hallucinations of what that was, and she, yeah, uh, uh, stop, halt. If I agree to read this book, you agree to read this book, and so I did, and I was like, oh, now I'm hooked. I, yeah. I do meditations every day, morning and night. Yeah. I wake four o'clock in the morning just to do the meditation and I do a meditation before I go to bed at night. That's amazing. It's working. Have you been to one of Joe's um, events? Ah, the beer virus postponed my event that I was supposed to be at in two weeks. Oh, wow. It's just postponed though. We'll go. Yeah, that's it. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. All right, everybody, thank you to everyone who's watched and shared this out. And, and oh, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. All right, Dana, thanks so much. Have a great day. Don't hang up on me yet. I'm going to end this live stream, though. So thank you to everyone for watching and being on here. Thank you, Dana, for coming on. Much love.